But let me ask you a question. How many, when you go and start your day, Jesus is your first call or is he your last call? Well, what's the difference? First call is I start my day off and I say, God, hey, here I am. What do you have for me today? Oh, pastor, what's the last call? When everything blows apart, help, Lord. And I don't want you to show your hands. I just want to ask you, where is he at? See, 2020, if you're going to have perfect vision this year, you make him your first call. He's not an afterthought. He is the focal point of everything I do. Welcome to the Destined to Win podcast with pastor and teacher Tim Masters. Pastor Tim is the senior pastor of Victorious Life Christian Center in Flagstaff, Arizona. I'm Joe Harding, inviting you to join us for worship services Sunday mornings at 10 at 2615 East 7th Avenue across from Cal Ranch. For more information on the ministries of Victorious Life Christian Center or to make a donation, visit us online at vlccaz.org. That's V-L-C-C-A-Z dot org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Tim Masters. I want to start this year out. I, Bob, you make the goofiest announcements. I love them. How many love the announcements? <laughs> what? I'm waiting for him to come up to me one of these days and say, Pastor, I want you to do that little part. And I'll have to tell him, eh, no, 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 I can't do that very well. I, uh, yeah, but it, it was just, it was just uh, that, that little girl at the beginning. Which, <laughs> yeah, I better stop that. I had to call the doctor to get this crank out of my back. <laughs> uh, but it's just... Uh, it is wonderful. I just, I love those announcements. I love, I just love what God is doing. This, this is a brand new year. And God's got so many great things that he's planned. But this is something special for my wife and I, because uh, 10 years ago, it's actually this Thursday. Is it Thursday or Friday? It was the 10th, wasn't it? January 3rd. Okay. Oh, 2010. That's right. Two days ago, we birthed Victorious Life in Flagstaff, Arizona. Now, we have a, we have a handful of people in the church that have been here since day one. And I'm not going to name you because I know I'm going to forget somebody. Uh, but I, you know, or actually I will. And if I don't forget, if I forget you, please forgive me. Uh, Richard and Jane Cox, all the way back there in the back, they've been here since day one. Leila Brooks, her husband, Jerry, went home. He beat his home, bless his heart. I'm still going to, when I get to heaven, I'm going to get, you make me mad, Jerry. You went home before me. But he went home, but he's waiting there for us. And him and uh, Leila were here since day one. Lenore and Danny Osorio since day one. Uh, Man, who else? Who else am I missing? My wife and I, we were here since day one, day one. People ask me, Pastor, how long uh, have you been pastoring this church? I said, well, it's a, it's a week-to-week thing. If I do good this week, they invite me back next week. So it's been, you know, it's been about 10 years they've been inviting me back. Oh, okay, well. But it's, uh, uh, it's just exciting to see what God has done. Now, this next weekend... Uh, you all don't get to see them very often. Uh, they've only been here uh, just a handful of times since our church has been open. But we have a board of directors, okay? We have an advisory council who most of you all know, but we'll recognize all of them next week. Uh, so all of our advisory council, you're, giving, you're being given notice. Come on your best attire and best behavior. I'm giving you a week to get it all up to par, okay? So, uh, our advisory council is in our church, but our board of directors is outside of our church. 
And people have asked me all over the, over the years, hey, Pastor, why do you do that? We have to have people that are not affected by the day-to-day grind of the ministry. So we have eyes outside the church that are continually watching the church. Uh, many of you know Pastor Mitch Thurman. He has spoke for us many times. He is going to be with us. Uh, Pastor Ray Kirkland, who has uh, uh, been with us very many times, and he's going to be here next week. Well, the other board member that you all don't get a chance to see is a man that uh, just... Uh, God used me instrumentally in his life, and he's become an instrumental part of my life. His name is Lee Schmidt. Uh, just an incredible businessman, and, and he's going to be here. And the, one of the blessings that we don't always get is they're all three bringing their wives. So you get to meet their wives. And so they're going to be with us next Sunday. And next Sunday is going to be a different kind of, of service. It is going to be a, uh, we're calling it an ordination service, where we're taking and rededicating victorious life to the Lord rededicating the pastors of this church to the Lord and just taking the time and, and recognizing the ministry and the work that God has done uh, because, you know, the church has been through lots of stuff, okay? And, and you know, when we went through a major ordeal uh, two years ago and we went through a, something about five years before that and you say, well, Pastor, is that normal for the church? It's kind of abnormal. We should be going through more things, you know, but God's been gracious and yeah, uh, this last big deal, I, you know, that, that happened, and some of you say, what, what big deal? That's a good thing. You don't need to worry about it. It's just, it's just stuff. It's just one of those things that happen. And I, my wife, you know, we, her and I were talking one day, and I told her, I said, sweetheart, I'm not going to ask if you're okay this time. I ask you, are you okay for the next time? Because it will happen again. Folks, it's called church. Unlike the rest of the world, we have an enemy against us. And he's not going to stop until the day we go home. So uh, it's going to be an ex- ex- exciting time and so going to be lots of fun. Okay? So something I want to do. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a potluck uh, or a pot faith. What do they call it? How do they, Christians, we, we don't believe in luck. A pot blessing. Folks, it's going to be food, okay? It's going to be food. Let's just put it that way. And so we ask you all, there's a sign-up sheet outside, and so everybody sign up and bring something. I like chicken. Uh, bring something. Fried is better. I, bring, uh, uh, what? Oh, we're supplying the chicken. Oh, don't bring chicken. We're supplying the chicken. Who would have figured, Pastor Bev? Who would have figured? I mean, would have. Uh, so we're going we're gonna to supply the chicken, but you all bring what, Lucinda? Anything and everything. Okay. Oh, there's a list out there. Uh, German chocolate cake is always a wonderful addition. Okay. The more ooey and gooey, the better. Bob, I'm talking to you now. I know. Come on. Yeah. German chocolate. Okay. Right there. Nice and ooey gooey. Who makes the best German chocolate cake in this place? Go ahead. Raise your hand. Leslie, oh, ho, ho. I would go say, let's have a contest. But anyway, uh, so sign up, please, before you leave today, and let's just make next week, and tell everybody, tell, tell people that have been here, people that, that aren't here anymore, people that love us, people that don't love us, you know, tell them, hey, it's a 10-year anniversary, just suck it up for the day and come and visit. Okay. Uh, Actually, no, don't do that, because there's probably a couple I'd not, not want to come. No, I'm just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. Okay. But, uh, uh, yeah, just, it's going to be a wonderful time. Ten years. Can you all imagine that? And I don't look a day older than I did then, do I? I had somebody ask me the other day, Pastor, do you color your hair? And I said, you'll never know that, actually. No, I don't. I really don't. I, I'm just... I'm just I'm, I'm graying gradually. Come on, Lee. I'm graying gradually. Is that what it is? Graying gradually. So, but it's going to be a wonderful time. And, and so uh, <clears throat> just want to do one more thing I want to talk about today after church. You don't have to rush off and go to lunch. We brought lunch here. Okay. Now it's not free. You're going to still have to pay for it, but there's uh, I think there's a discount on it. I'm not sure. I'm sorry? 
What is it? Oh, if you have the app. Well, that's terrible. Now everybody's going to waste the whole service doing the app and not listening to the sermon. How's that going to work? Anyway, uh, if you, if you uh, go out there, uh, you're going to go to lunch someplace anyway. You might go to lunch at home. But I, I have not eaten better barbecue than what this guy has made. Him and his wife, uh, this has been a passion of his heart. All of y'all know Eric Peterson. He's usually up here singing and warbling with the rest of the group. Uh, him and his wife, are just they're just wonderful uh, cooks. And, and he is, he's the one, I guess, that's the, the formulator of all this. So uh, hang out. We're going to be visiting in the fellowship hall in the uh, Genesis room. Everything's there. The drinks are there. The food's there. And they have it all ready for you. So just go out, step out the door and go in there. You don't have to go into place. Okay? It's going to be a lot of fun today. And all of the proceeds, Eric is dedicating every dime that comes in back to the church from today's lunch. So instead of going to lunch someplace else and, and giving them the money, everything that you get, Eric's donating the whole thing to the church. So, come on, I think that's, that is so awesome. Yeah, buy extra. <laughs> My wife and I told him, uh, we actually called him last night and said, uh, make sure you make a two extra of the meatloafs because we're going to buy a couple to take them home. Okay, so don't go coveting our meatloaf. Okay, anyway, it's, it's <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Well, okay, Jimmy, you can follow me home. As long as you bring Sarah with you, that's okay. You got to bring Sarah. We have, a, we have an awesome event, and I know we've went through the announcements already, but uh, the Heart to Heart Conference, uh, we, we partner as, as heartily. Jimmy, you and Sarah stand up, would you? Stand, just stand up right where you're at. These, these are two of the biggest ministers that we have in this church. We work as, hard, as much as we can with these guys in our Native American ministry. And I mean, if you don't see Jim here a lot and his wife a lot of times, but he's not here a lot because he's always out ministering somewhere. He's got one objective and that's populating heaven and plundering hell. Okay, and he is always out and God is doing great things. And, and we are very involved in, our, in, our, uh, in the Navajo Nation. And uh, one of the things that we're doing is here in, what's it, th- six weeks? Three weeks. February 1st. Uh, the president of the Navajo Nation, uh, Pastor Jonathan Nez, and his uh, vice president, uh, 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 Vice President Lizer. What's Lizer's first name? I know, Marty, you're here. What's his? I can't think of his first name. Anyway, what is it, Jimmy? My goodness. Anyway, Vice President Lizer. There, okay. Uh, their, their wives are very heavily involved in this. And it's, it's something that we're doing. We're doing it out at Twin Arrows. And so we're, uh, we're partaking and we're, uh, we're the main participants of this entire conference. But it's opened up to everyone. And so uh, ladies and men, they're actually going to have a time for the pastors, for the men pastors and, and men that are in ministry, whatever, uh, to be out there. So guys and gals, you can register uh, you can go online to do this. Uh, guest services. Okay, pay through the church, okay? And it's going to be great. We're going to have hundreds, hundreds of uh, people that are going to be there, and it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful time. Heart, expecting 600 people. So, and, and $30 a person. And Miss Cody, Mrs. Cody over here is pretty much in charge of this thing, and we're just the participants and having a great time. So, yes, our worship team is leading the worship. How's that going to be? So, it's going to be a lot of fun, so be a part of that. Last thing before we get into today's word, you say, Pastor, my goodness, we have a whole other set of announcements. It's the first Sunday of the year, folks. I want to make sure that we start this year off in victory. And I'm going to start you off with homework. This cell phone, this smartphone, okay? Listen to me. I think this is one of the devil's greatest tools in this world. But the Bible tells me to be as wise as a serpent, as 
uh, harmless as a dove. So I'm going to use the devil's tool to get the gospel out. So what I want you to do is I want you to go Facebook or what's the chat thing? Snapchat? Uh, these other, whatever they are, Twitter, Instagram, thank you. And, and tell people you're at church. Start this year by letting people know who's first. Go to your app and let them know. You say, well, Pastor, I can't tell people I'm in church because I don't act that way during the week. What a way to start. Take and do that, but then do something else. Okay, I, we get a lot of people that check in. I am awesomely grateful about that. Talk about the service. Talk about the church. We're going to start up something very soon. Uh, we were going to start it today, but we got so much stuff going on uh, that uh, Bob's going to be doing here, and it's going to be, it's going to be exciting. Uh, and we're going to have the entire church a part of it. Isn't that right, Bob? Yeah, if at all possible. So uh, take your cell phone and use it for God's glory. God knows we do enough other stuff on it. Use it for God's glory. Start talking about Jesus. Start talking about church. Start talking about what you're learning, that you're growing. Make a declaration that you can go back and say, 2020, I've got a clear vision for my life in Christ. Could you do that? Could you do that? Take your cell phones and put them in your hands. I'm going to pray over them right now. Father, we're taking this instrument. God, I, I don't really look at it as a godly instrument. I don't look at it, Father, as necessarily yours. But God, we're going to use it. We're going to use it for your glory. And God, today we dedicate this instrument to you. God, even to the point to where sometimes when we're trying to be on it and we're trying to do something that's not, not correct, God, or even if we don't know, God, immediately convict us that we would stop and say, God, forgive us and move on. Thank you, Lord. We thank you today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. So, Pastor Honey, would you take this so I can get it out of my hands? How many are ready for God's word? Okay. See, the lunch mobile's here so I can get you out of here a couple minutes later because you don't have to go anywhere. Okay. 2020. 2020. Eric did warn me. He said, Pastor, the barbecue might be wafing through the church. So please, if it does, do not lose focus. <coughs> 2020. Brand new day, brand new year, brand new decade. I've talked to already several people, said, Pastor, I am so glad 2019 is over. I'm glad this last 10 years is over. I'm glad the last week is over. There's some of you that are happy yesterday is over. But as Pastor Ray quoted out of Lamentations 3, God's mercies are from everlasting to everlasting. His faithfulness is far beyond fine. And his grace is new every morning. I like to look at it this way. Whatever happens this day, God takes the paintbrush of his glory and he gives us a beautiful sunset. And he says, I want you to know I've wiped it all away. You're in me and I'm in you. This is what I see. And it's the beauty of his glory radiating before you. And you know what he does tomorrow morning? He wakes your day with a beautiful sunrise. And he says, this is the beauty I see in you today. This is how I see you today. This is how I see the plan that I have for your life today. There's a simple truth that I've come to many, many years ago. And the longer I live in Christ, you know, they gave us these computers and stuff, and they said this is supposed to simplify our lives. Folks, it is flat, made a mess out of my life. I used to be so meticulous in writing things down and 
Now it's just so easy to jot it down in the computer. The problem is I don't remember where it's at. Yeah, we got Siri on the cell phone. Just tell Siri. I don't want to tell Siri. I want to write it down, but I've got out of the habit. You know, it's just like, you know, when you miss church. Anybody here ever miss church? It was tough the first time. It wasn't quite as tough the second time, but it was, yeah, yeah. But you know, four or five times later, just another day. That's what happens. A heart gets harder. And we start to change our habit, and then pretty soon, he's no longer our habit. You know, so I said, he is no, because it's not church, folks. You say, well, Pastor, yes, it is. I still have that relationship. No, 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 no. If you stop going to church, you will find that your relationship with God outside the church, it has waned also. How many will be honest to say, I know that is true? The simple truth in this fast-paced world that we live in, I don't have time. People come to me all the time and when, when things are going uh, happening in their lives and I find out after the fact. I said, why didn't you let me know? People sometimes think that I'm a mind reader. They think that, well, I just automatically know. No, I, the only way I know is if God tells me, somebody else tells me, or you tell me. And those three things happen at times. This year, we're going to be starting a ministry that is going to be specifically for the purpose is if you have something going on in your life, you can call this person these people. Because one of the things that happens is people don't come to my wife or I because they say you're always busy. Can I tell you, that is a truth and a lie. We always got stuff going on. That is a truth. But it's a lie that we're too busy. Because our job is you. There's people that's been away from this church. I never stopped praying for them. There's people that I see when God brings back. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Because I never stopped praying. Every once in a while, I got to make myself remember a name. I was visiting with somebody just this morning. First time they've been here in, in months. But God didn't let me down. I remember the name. Even remember the wife's name. My wife says, how the heck do you do that? I says, it's got to be God because I don't know. Time, folks, is not on our side. And the less time we make for God, the worse our lives become. Now, I didn't say that, that we take The difference between taking and making time is an issue of priority. We'll take some time out of what we're doing. Well, if it just works out. But to make time, you have to make a conscious effort. It's a huge difference just kind of going through it and, oh, yeah, I'll, t I'll take a little time out over here. But you know you have to make time? You say, well, Pastor, I'm not doing anything else on Sunday morning. Precisely. But you know how hard it is to split the sheets for God? Don't look at me like that, you holier-than-thou people. That's humor. That's humor. Come on, that's humor. humor. Was that okay? I got somebody out there I look at all the time, and I get a thumbs up, I'm good. Thumbs down, sideways, I'm repenting badly. It's just, it's just. But unless we make the time, and the only thing you make the time for is what is a priority. You see, that's no revelation in itself that I don't have time. But the reality is the only time that I'm ever going to have for anything is the time I make. Now, I was, I was looking at my wife. I was watching. My wife took the shot said, that's going to be perfect for Sunday morning. So, great. So there I am in my flannel shirt. Looks like I just woke up. 
But can I tell you something? The only time that you're going to have is the time you make. And it's all an issue of priority. I've got a lot in your notes, and I'm just going to go through this rather quickly. John Wesley, which is something you've heard on the news a lot lately. Not John Wesley, but what he started, the Methodist Church. The Methodist Church, the reason they had their, where they got their name, they got their name from John Wesley. John Wesley was an evangelistic man. He, he, he made a statement years ago, people would ask him, how did he get people to come to his meetings? He would go, he would, he would uh, go do tent meetings all over the place and then start churches. He said, how do you get people to come? And John Wesley said, very simple. I set myself on fire. They come to watch me burn. And it became, called, it became called the Wesleyan Method, where we got the Methodist Church. Folks, the problem with the Methodist Church, they lost their method. And they're trying to incorporate the world, and it's, it's, it's going bad right now. They have a huge, if you've read any of the news that's going on, it's public news, where the church is splitting literally. In, in many different areas because they're going from progressive to, to conservative or from the conservative side to the progressive side. They're trying to embrace all the beliefs of the world. Folks, you can't embrace the world if you're going to be in Christ. Matter of fact, he said these words which are hard. He said, you cannot love the world and love me because if you love the world, my love's not even in you. See, these are tough things. This is why it comes down to the making time. John Wesley, he lived in the 1700s. It is recorded that he rode over 225,000 miles, mostly on horseback, preached over 50,000 sermons, trained over 750 preachers in England, 350 more in America, wrote 233 books from healthcare to electricity. And I left this in your notes, John Wesley's philosophy, I don't have time to be in a hurry. <coughs> Think about it. I don't have time. How many of you have said those words, I don't have time? But if it's something you want, you find the time. If it's something you want, you will find the time. I don't have the money. If it's something you want, you will find the money. Folks, that's what, it, okay, why? Because there's a difference between taking and making. You'll take the time to do anything just through the course of the day. But if it's something important, you got to make the time for it. Whether it's family friends, relationships, marriage. We have to make time. My wife and I, the difference between all y'all and my wife and I is we never leave the church. The church is always with us. It's at home, it's at, it's at the church, it's everywhere else. Your job, you punch out of your job. But you can't. If you're a business owner, you can punch out, but the weight of that business still goes with you. It's taking time and making time. So what you have to do is you have to make the time. My wife and I have to make the time. And generally, the only way we can make the time is we have to leave the mountain. That's the only way we can get total focus away from where we are to where we want to be. Romans chapter 12. I... Beseech you, brethren, therefore, by the mercies of God, that you offer your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your, what's that word? This is the least you can do for what he's done. Present your bodies a living sacrifice. We go back to the song, Who Owns Who? When we give our lives to Christ, that means lock, stock, and barrel. 
mind, soul, body, and strength. We give it all to God. And God says, great. And then he gives it right back to us. Because now, because we gave it to him, he can direct our footsteps. And he can direct our footstops. That's what the Bible teaches us, okay? And so he said, it's your reasonable act of worship. It is the least you could do for, because of what I have done. I gave my all. And that's all he wants in return. Am I making any sense? James 1.22 says it this way. Don't just listen to the word. Deceiving yourselves. Stop there before you look at anything else. Look at me. I can listen to God's word and I can know God's word and still be deceived? Yes, you can. Why? You have to do what it says. Now, you can find a preacher that'll preach anything you want to preach, anything you want to hear. But is it doing what he says or she says or what God says? Don't just listen to the word because there's some people can take this word and make it sound really good and not even line up with the word. The only way that we know it's the word is when we line up. We do what it says and our footsteps and our footstops are lining up with what God is directing. Am I making sense today? Number one on your notes. Putting Jesus first is not meant to be an afterthought. Let me ask you a question. How many, when you go and start your day, Jesus is your first call or is he your last call? Well, what's the difference? First call is I start my day off and I say, God, hey, here I am. What do you have for me today? Oh, pastor, what's the last call? When everything blows apart. Help, Lord. And I don't want you to show your hands. I just want to ask you, where is he at? See, 2020, if you're going to have perfect vision this year, you make him your first call. He's not an afterthought. He is the focal point of everything I do. We just finished our, our series on Christmas, and, and it was really a great series, Away in the Manger. And we talked about, about Mary and Joseph. We talked about the disciples. We talked about the shepherds. We talked about uh, Pilate or uh, Herod. We talked, about, uh, every, we talked about Jesus. That's a novel thing to do in church. And you know what? Every one of them, at the time of the birth of Christ, were waiting for Messiah to come. But you know, when he showed up, almost none of them were ready. 30 years into his life, when Jesus came on the scene and began his earthly ministry, he didn't start until he was 30 years old. The Bible says that he walked along the seashore and he saw James and John and Peter and said, follow me. It was James and John and Peter's, the disciples. He said, follow me. And you know what they did? They dropped everything and followed him. Do you know why? They were ready. They were ready. At a moment's notice, they dropped everything and followed him. Now, then look at me. They already had a lifestyle developed. They had carved out their niche in life. They were very successful fishermen. They had a career. They were very well-to-do and taken care of their families and, and different things. And you have to study the culture to understand how that meant and what that meant. But they were very well off. They had their own niche in life. But you know what Jesus had the audacity to do? He came and interrupted their life. Which is exactly what he wants to do with you. Let, let me tell you something. 40 years ago or so, I had a great niche cut out in my life. I mean, I was doing good. I was very successful. 
I was making a living in the 70s that many people in today's life don't make. And he came in and messed it all up. He came in and said, I didn't give you that gift for your glory. Listen to me, business owner. He didn't give you that gift to run that business for your glory. Listen to me, worker, laborer, co-owner, whatever. He didn't give it to you for your glory. Somebody asked me, so you know, when you walked away from that, from that career of yours, what did it feel like to, to leave it all behind and throw it all away? I said, I didn't leave anything behind or throw it away. I just returned it to its rightful owner. And now I do what I do for him. And I tell you what, you know, the, the struggles are there, but the retirement plan is out of this world. <laughs> okay, some of you will get that when service is over. But, but I had a niche. Can I tell you, everyone sitting in this room, you think you have a niche in your life, yet there's something empty, something Missing. I talked about it last week. There's like there's a hole in your life, a void in your life, something that you can't just fill. And you keep trying. Oh, yes, you come to church. Oh, yes, you pray a prayer. Oh, yes, you sing a song. Oh, yes, you read the Bible. But something's still empty. It's because you haven't changed places on the throne. You've got to let somebody else have the throne then he'll give it back to you. But you got to give it before you can receive it. Am I making any sense? You see what God did for me all those years ago is he interrupted the now with the then. He interrupted the here with the there. He interrupted the what was with the what can be. Literally speaking, ladies and gentlemen, he interrupted the temporal with the eternal. The disciples were ready. When that happened, I was ready. But can I tell you what? The transition wasn't easy. The enemy knew the buttons to push. And he was there trying to draw me back as much as he could. Why? The longer you're away from him, the less ability he has to manipulate your life. I'm talking about the more you're in Christ the less opportunity he has to manipulate. Why? Because you become not ignorant of his devices. You learn what life is really all about. My goodness, is that what time it is already? <sighs> Where's my security team when I need them? Let's take a, let's take a clock out right now. Oh, okay, just kidding. I'm working on it. I am working on it. It wasn't easy. You see, with the disciples, they're the disciples. They weren't the disciples. Did you watch Peter's life? I mean, even at the end, Peter said, oh, I'll never deny you. Matter of fact, I'll die with you. And Jesus said, well, yeah, you actually will, but not the way you think. And he did deny him. Folks, all of us mess up. But do we give up or do we look up? The same with you and I is with the disciples. A ragtag bunch of guys that made lots of mistakes. But you know, in the end, every one of them gave their lives for the one who gave his life. There's lots of questions they didn't understand. Lots of misunderstandings. The scripture tells us all kinds of things that they didn't understand until after the resurrection. But just like you and I, we will not understand everything and literally anything until we allow Jesus to be resurrected in our personal lives. Can I hear you say amen? You say, Pastor, how does that happen? You have to make the time. 
You have to make the time. Can I tell you, all y'all know my, my story. You know my testimony. When I went through all the stuff that I went through in California, I left California, moved to Arizona. You know the very first thing I did? I found church. Very first thing I did. I mean, I'd, folks, Audie Murphy had nothing on me. I've been to hell and back. Audie who? Some of you older folks know who I'm talking about. Some of you younger folks need to watch the movie To Hell and Back, the true story of the man named Audie Murphy. But when I left everything, literally left everything, I never left God. The first thing I did when I arrived in my new digs, which most of y'all would think, you lived there? She met me where I lived. And I think when she went away the first day, he lives where? But she still liked me. She loved me. You know, the loving part took some time, but she liked me. First thing I did was got myself back in church. Why? Because I knew exactly what the devil wants to do. Now listen to me. Some of you, I'm going to hit a home run with you right now. He takes you out of church because nobody understands. He takes you out of church because nobody has the time. He takes you out of church because that pastor doesn't care. He takes you, no, he takes you out of church to get you alone. And just like a lion on the African savanna, he knows if he can get you alone, he can kill you. The thief in John 10 says, comes but to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I come to give you life, but you got to keep your life attached to the vine. He said, if you abide in me in John 15, if you abide in me and I abide in you, you will produce life. You will produce life. And to produce life, you got to have life. But if the enemy can get you away from life, he can end your life. Thank you, Jesus. Let me, can, can I share you? I know, I respect your time. And I try to keep the Sundays at a decent amount of time because I respect your time. I don't want to violate your time. But can I tell you something? I'm so glad he violated his time for me. I'm glad he made the time for me. And so if, when I say, you know, I'm going I'm to wrap this up, which I'm going to do. The worship team is going to come. And I'll finish this in a couple weeks. Because next week we're going to, are you all okay if I finish it? Okay. What I, what I want to do, what I want to do today is help us to know in 2020, I want every man and woman that comes to victorious life to have a victorious life. Could you put the title slide back up there, Jared? To have a victorious life, you have to take the time to make the time for Jesus. Let me tell you something. Pastor, I don't feel like going to church. Grow up. You're not going to feel like a lot of things in life. But we're not talking about temporal life. We're talking about eternal life. I know I've just offended two people because they said grow up. I'm trying to be lenient. Folks, I, I watch the media and I watch, and, and please, if, if, Lord, put the words in my mouth. Our society today is teaching you that nobody has the right to offend you. That's the reason you don't grow. That's the reason you don't mature. Because the minute somebody offends you, you go and bury your head in the sand and, well, they hurt my feelings. 
I was talking to somebody today and I said, do you know how many times my feelings get hurt? Pastor Ray, Pastor Ben, Pastor Joel, how many times? And you know what we don't do? We don't just run away. We say, okay. And can I tell you how many times I've lifted the same person up as I'm holding them? They're stabbing me. That's not a complaint. That's called life. And if we buy into the lie that life is not going to have problems, then we're going to throw that Bible away. Can I tell you, I, I was talking to, to Dave and Catherine in the prayer room this morning. Folks, you need to get in the prayer room. You need to get in the prayer room. And I was, I was telling them that the scripture tells us in 2 Timothy, and it's, it's, it's not on your screen, but you need to write this in your notes. It's actually in your notes, but it's really small. The Bible says anyone who wants to live a godly life will suffer persecution. It's not an if. It's a will. If you want to live, forget God. Let's just take God out of the equation for a moment. If you want to live a normal life, you're going to have problems because not everybody's in for your success. But I'm not interested in temporal folks. That's why I don't preach a secular philosophy in church. But believe it or not, this is not a give your life to Christ and be successful book. This is a give your life to Christ and live eternal book. And that's what we preach. Because I don't know about you, but life, this life is here for a moment. You gotta take the time. I'm not talking about taking the time out of your day. I'm talking about changing the priorities. Seeking first God's kingdom is talking about priorities. You gotta take the time. You gotta make this an issue that I'm gonna make the time for Christ. And I'll tell you right now, if church isn't involved in that, you bought the lie. You don't have to, 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 to become a Christian. You don't have to go to church. To stay a Christian, you have to go to church. Come on, somebody that hasn't been in church for a long time but now got back in there. How many can say amen? amen. It, it's the bottom line. I knew for who I was and what I had done all those years when the devil was able to get people to buy into a lie and my whole life seemed to crumble before me, I knew exactly what the enemy wanted to do. Get me out of church. There's nothing he loves more than having an ex-pastor doesn't even go to church. And I know, I know lots of them. Sad testimony, I know lots of them. They've been hurt. They've been offended. They've been, yes, 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 yes. But it's nothing compared to what he did. Two thousand twenty. We've got to. You want to be victorious. You want to be victorious. You've got to take the time and make time for Jesus. You you got to. Because the devil, as a roaring lion, is just waiting to devour. Am I making any sense at all? Okay. To be continued. I wonder today, where's your heart? I don't want you to bow your heads. I don't want you to, I want you to look at me. Where's your heart? Is Jesus an afterthought? 
I love every one of you so, so much, which is why I preach this way. If I preach any other way, you will not make heaven. And I'm not going to have that on my hands. So I'm going to preach it his way. Has Jesus been an afterthought? Well, you know, I'm busy. Welcome to life. My job. Welcome to life. Well, Pastor, I got two jobs. Welcome to life. Do you know when I first started pastoring, I worked two, and this isn't a wine, wine, wine. I worked two full-time jobs and started the church. This was in Texas. When we started this church, I worked two years. We started this church, I was working a full-time job and pastoring full-time for two years until the church got to the place where it wasn't financially to the place. I quit my job and she took care of us. But it was almost two years into it before I could quit the, I was burning the, there, there wasn't burning the candle at both ends. What was it? Oh, that's right. There was no wick left. It was gone. <laughs> and God opened the door and we, folks, in this fast paced world, time is something you will never have unless you make it. And the devil will make sure of that. That's why you have to make it. And the priority is making time for Jesus. If you don't, your life is doomed to failure and then hell. And that's not a positive, folks. But can I tell you something? He said, I have come that you might have life and that more abundant. <coughs> That's what he wants. Is he an afterthought? Is he your first call in the morning or your last call at the end of the day? Pastor Tim Masters with this week's message on the Destined to Win podcast. Destined to Win is made possible with the prayerful and financial support of those destined to win. To donate online, visit vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Destined to Win is a production of Victorious Life Christian Center with services Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 6.30. Join us at 2615 East 7th Avenue across from Cal Ranch. I'm Joe Harding. From Pastor Tim Masters and the congregation at Victorious Life Christian Center, you're invited to join us here next week for another edition of the Destined to Win podcast.